No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see how God commands for the children of Israel to give 48 cities to the Levites scattered throughout their territories. Six of these are cities of refuge for the one who has committed involuntary manslaughter. We hope you'll join us now as Pastor Daryl continues in Numbers chapter 35 on Simply the Bible. We're nearing the end of this book of Numbers. We come today to chapter 35. And the Lord spoke to Moses in the plains of Moab by the Jordan across from Jericho, saying, Command the children of Israel that they give the Levites cities to dwell in from the inheritance of their possession. While in the wilderness, the Levites lived around the tabernacle, but things would change when they moved into the promised land. Generations earlier, when Jacob blessed his sons from his deathbed, when he came to Simeon and Levi, he said, I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. Thus he judged them for their cruelty in massacring the men of Shechem. But what was originally a sentence of judgment, God used for good in scattering the Levites throughout all Israel. As the priestly tribe, the Levites would receive tithes from all Israel of the produce of the land. Therefore, they didn't need farmland for crops. However, they still needed cities to live in. The other tribes of Israel were to give them cities from their inheritance. Thus, no matter where you lived in Israel, a priest would live nearby. This is how God has ordained it today. In Christ, we are made a kingdom of priests. And God has scattered us out into the world so that no matter where a person lives, ideally, there's a Christian living nearby. I like what John Corson, pastor of Applegate Christian Fellowship, says about this passage. Quote, The Lord has snuck his servants into the most amazing places. He sneaks Christian teachers into high schools to be secret agents, Levites, reflections of Jesus Christ, he sneaks Christian salesmen, secretaries, and accountants into the workplace to be examples of what it means to be a believer. He sneaks Christian doctors into hospital rooms as ministers of the gospel, unquote. Wherever God has placed you, he intends that you would be a secret agent, minister of his mercy to the people around you. Verse 2. And you shall also give the Levites common land around the cities. They shall have the cities to dwell in, and their common land shall be for their cattle, for their herds, and for all their animals. The common land of the cities, which you will give the Levites, shall extend from the wall of the city outward a thousand cubits all around. And you shall measure outside the city on the east side two thousand cubits, on the south side, 2,000 cubits. On the west side, 2,000 cubits. And on the north side, 2,000 cubits. The city shall be in the middle. This shall belong to them as common land for the cities. These specifications are a bit ambiguous, but it seems that surrounding each city was 1,500 feet, about a quarter mile, of common land where the Levites could build fences and shelters for their livestock. 
Then beyond this, there was an additional 3,000 feet, or about half a mile, for pasture land. Verse 6, Now among the cities which you will give to the Levites, you shall appoint six cities of refuge, to which a manslayer may flee. And to these you shall add 42 cities. So all the cities you will give to the Levites shall be 48. These you shall give with their common land. And the cities which you will give shall be from the possession of the children of Israel. From the larger tribe you shall give many. From the smaller you shall give few. Each shall give some of its cities to the Levites in proportion to the inheritance that each receives. The Levites were given a total of 48 cities, six of which were called cities of refuge. Three of these were on the west side of the Jordan River and three on the east side. So that no matter where you lived in Israel, a city of refuge would be close by. Now, after the flood, when God made a covenant with Noah, he upheld the sacredness of human blood. Genesis 9.5 says, Surely, for your lifeblood, I will demand a reckoning. From the hand of every man's brother, I will require the life of man. Whoever sheds man's blood, by man his blood shall be shed. For in the image of God, he made man. God instituted capital punishment for intentional murder. However, there were no police in those days. Prior to the law being given, if someone killed someone in your family, then an avenger of blood would be designated. It was his responsibility to make sure that the murderer was put to death. With the law came judges and the requirement that a murderer be tried and convicted on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Then the murderer was stoned to death by the accusers and the congregation. Yet, even after the law was given, the avenger of blood was a tradition ingrained in the culture. And as the avenger, you felt a responsibility to avenge the death of one of your family members. But what if the death was unintentional manslaughter? For example, you hurled a stone intending to hit an animal predator, but you accidentally hit a person and killed him. Then God provided these cities of refuge where you could flee and escape the wrath of the avenger of blood. And if you arrived at the city of refuge before the avenger took you out, then you were safe. Verse 9. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, When you cross the Jordan into the land of Canaan, then you shall appoint cities to be cities of refuge for you that the manslayer who kills any person accidentally may flee there. They shall be cities of refuge for you from the avenger, that the manslayer may not die until he stands before the congregation in judgment. Now, the Levites living in the city of refuge couldn't assume that you were innocent. Maybe you were guilty of first-degree murder. So they would protect you until you could stand trial, probably at the tabernacle. Verse 13, and of the cities which you give, you shall have six cities of refuge. You shall appoint three cities on this side of the Jordan and three cities you shall appoint in the land of Canaan, which will be cities of refuge. 
These six cities shall be for refuge for the children of Israel, for the stranger and for the sojourner among them, that anyone who kills a person accidentally may flee there. But if he strikes him with an iron implement so that he dies, he is a murderer. The murderer shall surely be put to death. And if he strikes him with a stone in the hand by which one could die, and he does die, he is a murderer. The murderer shall surely be put to death. Or if he strikes him with a wooden hand weapon by which one could die, and he does die, he is a murderer. The murderer shall surely be put to death. The avenger of blood himself shall put the murderer to death. When he meets him, he shall put him to death. If he pushes him out of hatred or while lying in wait, hurls something at him so that he dies, or in enmity he strikes him with his hand so that he dies, the one who struck him shall surely be put to death. He is a murderer. The avenger of blood shall put the murderer to death when he meets him. This would be a deterrent, certainly. It was very important that these cities not be used as hideouts for intentional murderers. Justice must be served. If the avenger of blood met the murderer outside of the city of refuge, then he was to put him to death. Presumably, this would be for obvious cases where there were multiple witnesses of the murder. Verse 22. However, if he pushes him suddenly without enmity, or throws anything at him without lying in wait, or uses a stone by which a man could die, throwing it at him without seeing him so that he dies, while he was not his enemy or seeking his harm, then the congregation shall judge between the manslayer and the avenger of blood according to these judgments. So the congregation shall deliver the manslayer from the hand of the avenger of blood, and the congregation shall return him to the city of refuge where he had fled. And he shall remain there until the death of the high priest who was anointed with the holy oil. If the congregation determined that the manslayer was innocent, then he would be returned to the city of refuge where he would remain until the current high priest died. Now, this could take years or even decades, but you would be kept safe if you remained in the city of refuge. Upon the death of the high priest, you would be set free. But if the manslayer at any time goes outside the limits of the city of refuge where he fled and the avenger of blood finds him outside the limits of his city of refuge and the avenger of blood kills the manslayer, he shall not be guilty of blood because he, that is the manslayer, should have remained in his city of refuge until the death of the high priest. But after the death of the high priest, the manslayer may return to the land of his possession. So, if you left the city of refuge before the high priest died and the avenger of blood found you, then your blood was on your own head. Verse 29, And these things shall be a statute of judgment to you throughout your generations and all your dwellings. Whoever kills a person, the murderer shall be put to death on the testimony of witnesses. But one witness is not sufficient testimony against a person for the death penalty. Moreover, you shall take no ransom for the life of a murderer who is guilty of death, but he shall surely be put to death. And you shall take no ransom for him who has fled to his city of refuge, that he may return to dwell in the land before the death of the priest. 
These laws were to be applied without partiality. No matter how much money you or your family had, if you murdered someone, you couldn't buy your way out of it. You would be put to death. On the other hand, a manslayer who came to a city of refuge could not buy a quick release before the death of the high priest. So you shall not pollute the land where you are, for blood defiles the land, and no atonement can be made for the land for the blood that is shed on it, except by the blood of him who shed it. Therefore do not defile the land which you inhabit, in the midst of which I dwell. For I, the Lord, dwell among the children of Israel. If they didn't exercise these laws to the letter, then they would pollute the land, shed blood for which there was no atonement, defiled the land before God. In the city of refuge, we cannot help but see the parallel to our salvation in Jesus Christ. We are all guilty of sin. Jesus said that if we hate our brother, then we've committed murder in the heart. The Apostle John wrote, Whoever hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. But we have fled to our only place of refuge, Jesus Christ. By believing in him, we have been welcomed into this place of safety. Now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But having found our refuge in him, we must see to it that we don't leave him and turn back to the world. Our safety lies in abiding in Christ, who is our only refuge. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow, we'll see how the tribal elders of Manasseh entreat Moses with their concern about the daughter Zelophehad. It's a lesson in God's irrevocable allotments. We hope you'll join us as we continue through the book of Numbers on Simply the Bible. 